I want to just read one verse from Psalms, Psalm 133 and verse 1. Because the, the theme really today is about unity. Unity. And Psalm 133 verse 1 says, How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. And we can say brothers and sisters, of course. How good it is when we live in unity. So let's stand and sing number 40, Be Still for the Presence of the Lord. Right, there's not many of us here. How many children? One, two, three, four, and a baby, is that right? Yeah? Wow. Well, that's just handy because the story I'm going to be telling you, I need four volunteers. Now, are you any good at volunteering or don't you like volunteering? Come on then. (laughs) You're not going to be asked to do anything embarrassing, I promise. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I promise you, you're not going to be asked to do anything you don't want to do. Okay. You're going to be elephants today. Oh, wow. And you didn't know I was going to be talking about elephants. Is he a friendly elephant? <laughs> He looks nice. looks warm. Yeah. Well, the story I'm going to share with you is about elephants. And it's in a book by a man called David McKee. You may have known this story before. And the book is called Tusk, Tusk. Anybody know the story? No? And Tusk are those tusks that come out. Has your elephant got tusks? All right. Oh, yeah. I think he's lovely. Now, in the short form that I'm going to tell you this story, it goes something about this. Now, can one person be those big white elephants and hold those up? Okay? All right. And would you like to be the big black elephants? Okay. And... Now, it's the big elephants that aren't that friendly, okay? Once upon a time, there were two kinds of elephants. One group was black, and one group was white. And they lived in separate parts of the jungle. They loved all other animals, but they hated each other. So they decided to go to war. Come on, you can come to war. Not the little ones. The little ones were all right, just the big ones. Okay. So they, had, they went, went for war. But there were some peace-loving elephants. That's those little ones in each of the two groups. And they decided they didn't want to go to war, so they went deep into the jungle when the war started. Now, would one of you like to go up the steps in, at the side there? And the other one, come. Can you, can you come this way? You come up the other steps. One go, one step, one go, the other. You come this way, you come this way, come this way. Okay? So they went deep into the jungle when the war started, and no one ever saw them again. The war between the black elephants and the white elephants eventually ended up with all of them being killed. Plop, there we are, on the floor. So there were no elephants at all now. Or were there? 
One day, years and years later, the grandchildren of the peace-loving elephants, the black and the white ones who had gone deep into the jungle when the war started, came cautiously out. And they were all grey. Are there some grey elephants up there? Yeah, can you... Is there a, is there a grey elephant there? And so very cautiously, these grey elephants crept out the jungle to see if everything was all right. Do you want to stand at the front there? So they were all grey. And for quite a while... These grey elephants, they lived in peace. They were quite friendly. And this one, yes, they were all very friendly elephants. But one day, the elephants with the big ears, has one got big ears? Yes, he has, and your other elephant got big ears, started giving strange looks at the elephants with the little ears. Oh dear, one's got big ears and one's got little ears. Now... I wonder what the end of that story is going to be. What do you think the end of the story should be? Any ideas? What would you like to happen? Yeah, I can't hear... Do you want to come and say it in here so as I can hear you better? I think it would be like, nice if they went to war and realised they didn't have to go to war and then maybe got rid of... went to war with the wasps because nobody likes wasps. <laughs> Did you all hear that? That's good. The elephants, he thinks the elephants shouldn't go to war just because some have got big ears and some have got small ears. They ought to go to war with the wasps because nobody likes wasps. Although I saw on television, I think this morning, that wasps are really essential. So um, there you go. There's a reason for everything. It's hard to think sometimes that there's a reason for all animals, but they're all God's little creatures one way or the other. Right, well, I hope that the end of the story was that these elephants didn't start fighting just because of the size of their ears. I hope not. Okay, so if you'd like to put your elephants down, you can take your elephant back, okay? Here, pop pop that one down on the floor and take your own elephant back. Thank you very much for helping. That was brilliant. Um. I just want to say some prayers of confession. That means saying sorry for things we've done or haven't done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're really sorry for any times when we've ignored or rejected other people who are perhaps a bit different from us. Help us to see them as Jesus sees them, people he was willing to die for, We know, Lord, that it's not always easy to do this, so we ask that you will help us by the power of your Spirit living in us. Amen. The Bible reading this morning is taken from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. In the NIV Bible, it's on page 1175. It's a passage about unity in the body of Christ. And Paul is uh, is speaking to 
the people of Ephesus. He's actually in prison at the time. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Thanks be to God for his precious word. Now we've got some puzzle sheets somewhere to give out. Have you got those, Margaret? So while the younger ones are doing their puzzle bits, um, we'll be carrying on with the first part of the sermon. As I said earlier in the, in the service, it's based on, on unity. And that passage itself from Ephesians is all about unity. And you know, the Christian church today is increasingly under attack. Churches around the world are being destroyed. Christians are being killed all over the world. We think of places like Syria, Iraq, Yemen, Nigeria and many, many other countries that are under attack. And many times it's because of ISIS or some other group that are attacking Christians. But there's a different sort of attack and that can come from within the church. Some Christians are seemingly unable to reconcile themselves with each other. They can't reconcile the differences. They argue. They split up. People leave the church for various reasons. It's an attack within the church. Now, I don't know much about Cotton and Baptist these days, so I can't comment on, on what your situation is here. But I know certainly, certainly it's had them. We've had similar problems where divisions arise within the church. And that is so sad. Disunity is one of the more prevalent issues in the church today. We've just received information about Spring Harvest next year. Many of you here will have been to Spring Harvest, probably at Skegness, which is the nearest one. And uh, on the theme for next year, for 2017, the theme is One for All, Jesus Christ for All, Unity in Christ. And just a quote from the Spring Harvest letter, it says this, With fundamentalists and liberals pulling at each end of the scale, have we forgotten everything that binds us together? Are we focusing too much on the things that pull us apart? And in 2017, it says, we will celebrate the theme of unity, but we will not pull back from tackling the difficult question, how can we disagree agreeably? When should, we, when should we make space for diverse views? And when should we dig our heels in for the truth? And he goes on to say, join us next Easter as we stand together in unity and show that God hasn't finished with the church yet. Sounds a good theme, sounds good. for. I can encourage you all to go, if you haven't been to Spring Harvest, 
then uh, do give it a try. It's really worth, worthwhile for Bible study and recreation and, and everything else. And good food. I always like food as well. Spring Harvest also mentioned they are working with other Christian festivals around the, the country and, and share this theme, this general theme next year about unity in our Lord Jesus Christ. We may all have our own favourite uh, things to go to, festivals and so on, but like those elephants, it doesn't matter what size our ears are, it doesn't matter what colour we are, we're all united in Christ. And it's well worth remembering that. So from this letter of Paul to, to Ephesus, the church in Ephesus, we read that God wants them to live a life worthy of the calling they have received. Worthy of the calling they have received. But what on earth does that mean? There are many examples around us of, uh, not necessarily from within the church, but what it means to live in a manner worthy of the calling. If, for example, you're a policeman or a policewoman, you're supposed to be an example of the law. You're supposed to keep the law. They hopefully live lives worthy of their profession. They don't steal, they don't cheat, and that sort of thing. They, they defend and they uphold the law, hopefully. Sadly, this isn't always the case, but everyone knows it should be. That's what should happen. That's probably why bad policemen make news headlines. If you're a doctor... Also, it's supposed, you're supposed to live a life worthy of the, pre- of the profession. Heal the sick in as far as this is possible. Care for those who are ill. Again, when a doctor doesn't do this, they make the headlines because we all know what they should be like. They should be living and working in a manner worthy of their calling. As a Christian, there are marks of what it means to live a life worthy of the calling. And in verses 2 and 3, if you've still got your Bibles open at uh, Ephesians chapter 4, Paul outlines this in verses 2 and 3, where he says this, and I'll remind you again. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And just in those two verses, there, there are... A number of the fruit of the Spirit listed. Humility, gentleness, patience, love and peace. And they are all there for a purpose. They're all there because with these attributes, if you like, this describes the unity of the body of Christ. This is is what as Christians we should be like. We should be humble, we should be peaceful, we should be loving, we should be gentle, we should be patient. And yes, I admit, I'm not all the time. I fail and I guess maybe we all fail on some of those things. But this is what we're aiming for. This is what the Bible says we should do. This is how we should be. This is how we should act. This is how people will know that we love Jesus. All right, so God wants you to live in a manner worthy of being a Christian. But why? Why does God want us to live in a manner worthy of being a Christian? Why does God want us to be humble and gentle and patient and loving? Primarily, it's because God has called us into unity. That's what God wants, unity. 
In verses 4 and 5, in that chapter which, chapter which I'll read again, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And the reason it says one faith, one Lord, one baptism is that it's into one church that you are all baptised, into one faith, the Christian faith. It's interesting that in these few verses, just those few verses there, half a dozen verses, it mentions seven times, and seven is a lovely biblical number, seven times the word one, wholeness, unity. So all Christian denominations, including male and female, young and old, different races, different cultures, all should be united in faith, whatever their particular way of demonstrating their Christian belief. All Christian denominations, all, should be for the purpose of glorifying God, expanding his kingdom, being united in love for one another. And yes, sometimes unity isn't easy. We don't always get on with everybody, do we? I was going to ask the younger ones here at uh, this point um, how they're getting on with their puzzle sheet. Have, have you done a puzzle sheet? Is it finished? Yeah? How do you, how do you like the idea, you young ones, of, of give and take? And I don't mean you give and I'll take. Giving and taking, what, what do you think about that? Do you always agree with your friends at school? Let's ask that one first. Do you always agree with your friends at school? No. Difficult, isn't it, to agree with everything? What do you do when you disagree? What do you do when, you know, you disagree about what game you play? Some of you want to play football and some want to do something else or, or some want to join a gang or some want to join a team. What do you do then? Yeah. Sorry? Compromise, yeah. That's, that's a good thing to do sometimes, yeah. You compromise. Do you always let someone else choose? If you, if you, if you want to choose a game to play, do you, what, what do you do? Can't hear that one. Say that again louder. Right. Okay. Sometimes it's good to let other people choose. Sometimes we... We want to choose things for ourselves, don't we? Which is a little bit selfish. Do you always insist that people do what you want? Do you say, right, we're going to do what I want today? No? A little bit of compromise there, isn't there? Listen to what other people want as well. Or do you talk about it and perhaps go with the majority of people? If there's ten of you and eight of you want to play footy, then okay, we're going to play footy, aren't we? There's eight out of ten. Or do you leave the group if it's not what you want? Have you ever done that? You've been in a group of people and they're all doing something you don't want to do, you just walk away. Have you ever done that? Maybe sometimes. It's not always easy, these decisions aren't. To not always have your own way in something, to have to accept a decision that someone else has made that's not necessarily your choice. It's really hard. And it's hard for young people and, and adults as well. I expect this may have happened to some of you in a church meeting too. It does happen. Anyone here who's been in the armed forces? In the army, navy, whatever, air force? I was talking to a guy of 93 this week. Well, I went to see him in hospital because he, um, 
he was having a pacemaker fitted. 93-year-old, and he was telling me his life story of how he flew Spitfires in the war. And a fascinating, fantastic story he had too. But you know, in, in the forces, you do what the leader says. You do what your commander says. You do what your army officer says. You don't question it. Do we do what Jesus says? Do we do what God says? Or do we question it? Do we obey? Are we going to be all these things we've said about the fruit of the Spirit, about humble and gentleness and so on? Like an army, the church has one leader. In this case, of course, it's Jesus. And the church should work as a unit, as a body, everyone moving in the same direction to achieve the same goal. And a church will be able to accomplish so much more when, when everyone acts together, everyone acts as one in, in unity. And of course, each person in the church will, will have their own individual gifts and talents to, to glorify God. And you need to stay in unity with other parts of the body. Exercise these gifts. You've all, you've all got gifts. God's given every single one of you a gift, sometimes many gifts. And you've all got those to use in the body of Christ in a united way. You may remember in John 17, verse 22, when, when Jesus was praying to, to God his Father, and he said these words, And the glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. Just as Jesus and God are one as part of the Trinity, part of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, Jesus is praying here that we also are one, all of us, as his body. There is one God and Father of all. In the final verse there, in verse 6, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Margaret's going to uh, ask the children now about the quiz. I think we've got some answers there as well for them. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Did you all manage to finish the word search? Yeah? Did you find the extra ones that are done in red as well? The name of the girl in the Oxford Reading Tree, stage one. Do any adults know that one? Name of the girl? Four letters? What was the name of the girl? Can you remember? Biff. Yeah. What a name for a girl, eh? Biff. Um, and there's lots of other things all about elephants. So um, the word search, I presume you've got all of them done. That's fine. Now the quiz was some questions about elephants. It's definitely an elephant theme today. The first question was, um, how long is the gestation period for an elephant? There was four options, uh, and I can't remember all the options, but the answer is 22 months. Oh, dear, 22 months. Poor elephant. Um, then what constitutes a herd of elephants? Was it all males, all females, a mixture? Which, what, what did you get for your answers to that one? The second question. Or didn't you get that one? Oh, a lot of thought here. What did you get? Yeah. Well, actually, that's a nice idea that there's adult males and females and young ones, but a herd actually isn't that. 
the herd is related adult females and young elephants. So there'll be some males, but there'll be young ones. The actual male elephants tend to sort of be separate. They don't sort of mix, except at certain times. Um, The third question was, how long does an elephant have to eat? How many hours a day does he have to eat? What did you choose for that one? Yeah, it could be 10. They tell me here, <clears throat> it's 16. Oh, eating for 16 hours. I suppose they just have to keep going, don't they? What's a female elephant called? And I don't mean Sally or Elsie or whatever they call them in captivity. Do any of the adults know what a female elephant is called? John. A cow, yes. Did you get that it was called a cow? Ah, you know now, you see. You don't just come to church to worship God, you come to learn about elephants as well. Um, can elephants jump? No. No, they, I bet yours can. Yours can jump, yeah. Yeah, I think they're a bit too heavy to jump, aren't they, really? They could probably lift the front legs or lift... I don't think they could take all four legs off the ground at once. Well, yours can. Well, yours is special. Yeah. Um, The next question was, how many people have elephants killed in a certain Indian province? There was, again... (laughs) There was uh, four options. And there's no way you could possibly have known. What did you guess the answer? Did you guess the answer? Yeah. The answer was 300 in this certain Indian province. I suppose, really, you know, the elephants don't know what's private land and what's their land, really. And if they see something they want to eat, they're going to go there, aren't they? And people are going to try and stop them. It's a very complicated issue, really. Um, How well do elephants hear? Can they hear brilliantly or... Very poorly, or what do you reckon? Poorly. Yeah, very poorly. Not ill poorly. Poorly meaning not very well. <laughs> Same thing. Um, elephants haven't got a very good sense of hearing. They feel, I think, the rumbly noise that apparently can go... That should be hearing, shouldn't it? Feeling the rumble. I don't know. Anyway, in, in this it said that elephants have got a poor sense of hearing, but they can feel... Vibrations, which is hearing. <clears throat> do elephants have any predators? Healthy elephants. Do any healthy elephants have any predators? What would you say, yes or no? Hmm? No. It, well, if it's a sick elephant, then yeah, there's other animals are going to go for it, or a very young elephant. But a healthy elephant especially in a herd, has no predators because it's so big and it can fight and other ones will protect it too. Um, Do male and female elephants have tusks? Yes or no? Put your hands up, everybody, if you think it's just males, just males, just females, or both. Just males. That's one, two, three. Just females? One. Uh, both and both have it and it is both of them do have tusks 
I had to think. I didn't really know. You don't think about these things all the time, do you? So that's the answers to these. Has anybody done any colouring of the elephants? Do you want to come here and let's see your colouring? I was thinking I was going to get one elephant. They look like Elmer. Have you all read the Elmer, Elmer the Elephant books? And he's got all different colours on him. He's like a patchwork quilt. But I didn't. I just did the ordinary elephants there. Like a hand back to Paul. Afterwards, when we go out for coffee, because you've done quite well with your puzzles, there's some heroes there. Because you're all heroes, really, aren't you? And for the adults who knew some of the answers. We come now to um, to our time of of intercession when we pray for for the world, this country, this village, and uh, and our places of work, and our friends, our families, ourselves, and so on. And um, you you'll know what your desires of your heart are when it comes to this. You'll know the people who need prayer. You'll know your neighbours uh, better than I do. Um, so remember them in this time of, of quiet as uh, as I, I lead the prayers. You can. Because it's not just the spoken prayer. God, God knows the prayers of our heart. He knows, he knows what we're going to say before we say it. He knows what we're going to think before we think it. So, it, it, no, it's, it's worth remembering that. As it mentioned in those words, you have been bought by Christ and united to him. And the same God lives in each of us, the same Holy Spirit. May we always be united to him and to each other. And as we say the grace now to one another. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.